Hello again, everybody. It's Jason Powers. Turn down the music just a touch here. This has been a very appropriate song lately. Maybe it's just one of my favorite uh, police songs. And there certainly isn't. Canada stands right now. Um, they're fighting against a uh, government of, of tyranny and they've uh, taken their stand in Ottawa and uh, they are triggering responses from the Ottawan police. Um, I don't know if that's actually the right term to use there, but uh, between Ottawa's police, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, um, other forces that are they're trying to slowly uh, strangle out this uh, this uh, what would be called a I call it a peaceful protest they'll call it an uprising uh, in other terms I think they're doing the right thing I think they should stay the course I think in many cases they have no choice um, the government has shown that they're uh, what they call it, what's it the fancy word would be called recalcitrant. Um, they'll backstab them in a New York minute. They'll negotiate in bad faith. I don't think you can get anywhere with the, the Trudeau government or any of his uh, pinhead leaders. They all need to resign. And maybe that's uh, um, the only way this is going to uh, end peacefully is uh, the, with his resignation. But since he's a globalist puppet, which is what the name of this broadcast is, between the globalist against the huddle masses, and we are the huddle masses. Though we're not a very unified group, I think we're. <clears throat> it would be important for us to to stay together. The people that want to do this to us don't care about your rights. They don't care about uh, care about freedom. They don't care about much of anything but themselves, and they've uh, made that abundantly clear. They've gone so far as, in, for example, uh, Michael Singer, he wrote just a couple hours ago. So, shortly after the suspension of all COVID restrictions, largely mollifying and dis uh, dispersing the resistance, the UK government has quietly introduced an online safety bill that would criminalize speech opposed to government messaging should the restrictions ever return. No big deal, I'm sure. So yes, while they while they pretend that they're actually going to uh, relinquish their hold on you, they're not. They're not relinquishing any hold. They're not getting rid of any restrictions. They may say that out loud. They may tell the public that. And they know the public listens to the media and uh, many many in the public are are easily fooled by government telling them messaging through the media. That's why the media is such an important aspect to control. And many people refuse to listen to their basically their their neighbor or somebody that might 
may actually have their best interests at heart, but of course, because they don't come from the government and they don't hand them money, they don't think that they're actually telling them anything true, when in reality they're looking out for their best interest. Um, it's difficult to sometimes sway people of that. So actually I'm going to play a clip here. Actually this is from uh, a Royal Canadian Mounted Police uh, uh, chap who decided to uh, explain why he was doing what he's doing. And I'll let let him say what he needs to say and I'll get out of the way here. So just a second. Let's see here. Make the, get the volume up a little bit. Let's see how that works. Similar to Dr. Pinesi losing her job over a violation of what she held to be her ethics. I'm about to lose mine, and my primary responsibility for the last eight years was supporting protection of our Prime Minister. <laughs> the irony is not lost on me, and probably not lost on him either. And as a Mountie, I always felt it was very important that I know what my legal authorities are and that police officers should know exactly what authority they have to do what they do. So I've spent a fair amount of time researching the different legislation surrounding what we're currently dealing with, have uh, subsections that detail how both are subject to the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And I would like to just read the paragraph three of the Emergencies Act to you. Whereas the Governor and Council in taking such special temporary measures would be subject to the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms and the Canadian Bill of Rights and must have regard to the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, particularly with respect to those fundamental rights that are not to be limited or abridged even in a national emergency. I recently heard Do um, former Premier of Newfoundland, Brian Peckford, say very clearly that they have failed to demonstrably justify their infringements on our fundamental freedom. There's many, but I'll hit on the key ones that I think are germane to the current situation. Our mobility rights, where every citizen has the right to enter, remain in, and leave Canada. Our legal rights, everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of person, and the right not to be deprived thereof, except in accordance with the pr principles of fundamental justice. Section 8, everyone has the right to be secure against unreasonable search or seizure. That's a big one in the police world. And when I read that, I can't help but think of people who are not even law enforcement demanding your private medical information at the door of a hockey rink. What legal authority do they have to demand that information from you? I certainly never had any training or direction in my law enforcement career that indicated to me that I had the right to demand that from someone. In fact, if I wanted to get medical information from a victim of a crime, I had to obtain written consent to deliver to the hospital. Or I had to obtain it by a warrant for a suspect who was potentially involved in a serious violent crime. And the criteria to obtain a DNA warrant, which I have done in my career, is extremely high, the criteria. Everyone has the right not to be arbitrarily detained or imprisoned. So when I read about the secure isolation facility in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. That was very concerning to me. Detailed about how it is meant for people who willfully do not abide by their quarantine when they are deemed contagious. But very little detail as every individual is equal before and under the law. Excuse me. 
and has the right to equal protection and equal benefit of the law without discrimination. And finally, the most important in my mind is Section 52, where it clearly states that the Constitution... I can't look at you, Piper. ...is the supreme law of Canada. So I'd like to read my oath of office that I took 15 years ago. I, Daniel Bulford, solemnly swear that I will faithfully, diligently, and impartially execute and perform the duties required of me as a member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and will well and truly obey and perform all lawful orders and instructions that I receive as such, without fear, favor, or affection, of or toward any person, so help me God. I cannot be compliant or complicit with federal policies and provincial regulations that I sincerely believe to be unlawful by every measure. It is certainly not the case that the official narrative has demonstrably justified a gigantic overreach into the fundamental freedoms of every citizen of this country. The RCMP's purpose, if you can, you can read this right off of the RCMP yeah, so and he's got a point, and he's making a point there that, uh, and I got the sun a little bit too bright here, but um, he's making a point there that um, that it shouldn't be a case where he has to make this uh, uh, choice, and it's a lawful order uh, that it is circumventing the Canadian uh, Charter. And um, basically, the freedoms that are enshrined in, in within, uh, within, and that uh, this uh, quote state of emergency, these national uh, authoritarian policies that have been spread throughout the world by pinheads that work for, you know, at least in one, and I call them pinheads, they're prime ministers and cabinet members. And people that work in the U.S. government, so since we don't have a uh, parliamentary system like that, or at least parliamentary or pers uh, government, uh, but around the world, um, these people have been selected, uh, groomed, and uh, rolled out, and they've managed to uh, get themselves in the positions of power from... Uh, the UK to France and Italy, um, New Zealand, Australia, United States, Canada, because even the United States is under this because there are some, there's quite a few that were groomed in the Biden administration and Biden himself um, to carry out this mission to turn us into ostensibly a authoritarian top-down state which is a marriage of uh, fascism, communism, and uh, uh, modern technocracy, where they get to control and say and do or uh, set uh, policy based upon their belief system and not yours. Or moreover, uh, they don't have to protect your rights. Uh, they uh, deem what is right for you, and you have no say-so in this. Because they've determined that you do, you're no longer matter to them. That's what the globalists are all about. And that's the way they have kept this, this game going. 
And there's multiple factions inside this little globalist game, but Xi is one of them, and Schwab and his crew, and then the the, the DC uh, agenda. Um, nevertheless, they're all they're all kind of aligned in the in the sense that as long as they are advancing their objective against us, as uh, someone um, I uh, should mention, but I. I, I they would probably prefer I didn't. Uh, I had mentioned this, and I thought it was a great point that they made. That as long as they're working, as long as their agenda is moving towards whatever their objective is, they could care. You know, they're they're not really all in com- combat competitiveness, even though they have their own uh, desires in this uh, situation against us. But they're all evil. Don't don't get it messed up. They're borrowing from each other. They use their they're tugging and, and uh, tugging and pulling, and tearing apart the fabrics of society for their own um, own malicious ends, which is pretty much uh, well known at this point. So uh, this came down from uh, the mayor, uh, Mayor Watson of Ottawa, Jim Watson today declared a state of emergency. Uh, I can't I'll have to see what time it was. So declaring a state of emergency reflects the serious danger and threat to the safety and security of the residents posed by the ongoing demonstrations and highlights the need for support from other jurisdictions and levels of government. It also provides greater flexibility within the municipal administration to enable the city of Ottawa to manage business and continuity for essential services for its residents, enables a more flexible procurement process which could help purchase equipment required by frontline workers and first responders so she's they're crying out for help or they're trying to make it into this big deal because of course you know they they don't have any they don't have anybody's interest at heart if they would have no uh, if they would negotiate in good faith which they won't uh this would have uh, been they this would have never happened they won't end the mandates they refuse to. They refuse to concede wrongdoing, which they have committed. Uh, when people refuse to do that, what can you do? You can't just stand by and let them run over you. And getting back to Michael Singer's uh, uh, um, thing, uh, there was a um, proposal. The proposal that the, the government is, uh, the UK government has put together, is the Human Rights Act. So that was tied to your, and it's tied to your rights to life and your right to a fair trial. They're doing a review of this. They've made a public notice. Uh, this is a, so this is actually written from the standpoint of the people that are protesting against this. The review clearly seeks to impose a rights culture that displaces personal responsibility in favor of the public interest. Yeah. Anytime someone says we're doing this for your own good, they're not doing it for your own good. They're doing it for their own power. Um, so when someone mentions uh, for your own good, they're really just saying that you, you, we're making you powerless to do what you want. We're taking away your rights, and that's exactly what they're doing. So under the proposed reforms, it is clear the parliament is seeking to impose itself as arbiter of when a person can have human rights and when they cannot. It does not matter the crime, major or minor, a person's inalienable and fundamental human rights should always remain intact, including autonomy over their own body. So there's a, um, it, this is a consultation closes at 11.59 on March 8th of 2022. So yeah, they're trying to, um, the UK, as uh, they did this, 
So, like I said, this has all been a uh, a sham, and people need to be very well aware that there there is a sham going on, and uh, not ease up in one one single bit. Because if we end, if we we as the people, um, what do you call it? Stop. Uh, what do you call it? Um, fighting against this it's going to be very very difficult to reverse it because once this is in in place the digital currency the digital control uh it's going to be nearly impossible to ever reverse it because these people want to seize power they did that in the united states in 2020 it was just that most people were too asleep to realize that they actually used the pandemic to overthrow the united states and we have some very malicious and malevolent people in washington dc that were willing to go along with this because they want to destroy our nation they don't care about this country they are traitors to the constitution and they're they've committed treason and they know they've committed treason i know alex jones always uses that but no they truly have committed treason because they haven't they have a their agenda has nothing to do with your rights your liberty they're just seeking to destroy this country and they're trying to do it through they're trying to do it subtly because they're not going to they don't want to get too much they don't want to get caught too badly but uh, they already got their hands in the cookie jar and they don't give a damn if you see them and they're creating all these crazy policies and being all ultra woke and telling everybody that they can do whatever they please and uh Eric Adams or you know all these other crazy policies they put in place is uh, uh you know remove the police but yet they want to over police uh if you're if you're if you stand against the government you know, they'll crack you down but if you're helping the government burn down the culture or burn down society then they're all on your side it tells you you know what they're what they're uh looking uh to do you see as long as you're helping them succeed in their agenda which their agenda has nothing to do with uh, uh stability they want they want to they they're uh, basically helping destabilizing forces and uh those who want to, a stable society they're they'll try to get at, get in their way and make it harder so i got another clip here from peter mccullough uh he's talking about the the virus and i think uh or basically the vaccine so we'll let him talk and then i'll get out of the way here for a little bit I'm an, I'm an epidemiologist, and people have asked me, Dr. McCullough, are the vaccines actually causing the deaths? The epidemiological construct that we have to go through is called the Bradford Hill tenets of causality. So the first question is, is it a large signal? Is it a large epidemiologic signal? And I tell you, it's astronomical. All the vaccines combined in the United States per year, it's no more than 150 deaths, not temporarily related. Here we are at over 21,000 deaths. So clearly it's a massive signal, number one. Number two, is there a dangerous mechanism of action? The answer is yes. Frankly, we know the vaccines have a dangerous mechanism of action. They install production of the spike protein. The spike protein is what makes the respiratory infection lethal. And it follows that in some people, excessive production of the spike protein in a vulnerable person would be lethal after a vaccine. The third criteria is, is it internally consistent? Are there other conditions that are now acknowledged that they themselves could be fatal? And the answer is sure. It, with uh, myocarditis, our FDA agrees, all the regulatory experts agree. 
that the vaccines cause myocarditis. Can it be fatal? Yes. Have there been fatal cases published? Yes. Uh, by Verma and Choi, as an example. Those are uh, publications. There are over 200 peer-reviewed publications of myocarditis. How about other forms of death? Vaccine-induced thrombocytopenic purpurea, uh, uh, thrombosis, blood clots, uh, a variety of other uh, stroke, hypertension, myocardial infarction, a variety of other lethal syndromes. There's over a thousand peer-reviewed uh, papers published on fatal and non-fatal outcomes. So that criteria is met. So it's internally consistent. Is it externally consistent? Um, it, it, so it's consistent with the yellow card system, the UDRA system, and the um, uh, uh, and the US VAR system. And finally, is it temporarily related? Yes, it's very tightly temporarily related. So I've just gone through the exercise. It is beyond any shadow of a doubt that the vaccines are causing large numbers of deaths. It's unequivocal. Uh, it is unassailable. Mm-hmm. Those conclusions, and I'm a card-carrying epidemiologist, I'm telling you, the vaccines are causing large numbers of deaths. Yep. And that's been pretty obvious to anyone who's paid any real attention. Um, sometimes this um, my, uh, website's getting kind of hiccupy. So anyway, um, and that should tell you a lot. He's been uh, he's been speaking out lately, as well as many other doctors, in terms of the the data that's coming out on mitocarditis and a whole host of other bad illnesses that are coming with the the vaccine uh, related um, uh, injuries um, and the things that they're project- projecting and the unusual uh, death rates, um, unusual. Uh, levels that are happening amongst younger uh, 18 to 65 in particular and young, even younger than that now this is just a, it's just so um, unbelievable that this goes on the positive side is is that people are waking up to this substantially uh, I think I think when I say waking up I think the people that were even you know Let's just say the people that were skeptical, uh, but they they didn't have data or evidence, uh, are now seeing the evidence, and now they're really being triggered by this in terms of knowing what's going on, and so the numbers are getting larger in terms of uh, seeing this for what it is. Um, I think we're at that point in time where uh, people are going to have to make their make their choices against uh this uh this plan i've been uh working on uh trying to flesh out some of the backstory more and more information is available to kind of connect the dots uh connect the dots as to who's doing what and when do they do it how do they go about sabotaging ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine how did remdesivir get into the hospitals or how did that become the preferred pharmaceutical uh, tool uh, from the hospital standpoint aside from its monetary interest from Gilead and they spread around the money that was part of the deal hold on a second I gotta sneeze here one two three <coughs> there you go you heard me sneeze on uh, <laughs> on a broadcast uh, but the the point is is yeah the, the idea was they wanted to make sure that there was as much uh, what you call it pharmaceutical money and then it's been about paying off the Pfizer's and the Moderna's and the 
and the host of pro- producers Jane J. Uh, Jansen. Um, this is it's unbelievable that these people have uh, uh, set themselves up to to be the masters of the uh, masters through uh, pharmaceutical um, malpractice. And doctors have gone along with this, and of course they still won't admit it. These people will never admit it to themselves, even as they see actual. They'll they'll make up some asinine case for it's COVID related, even though they know the the the, the current um, viral uh, variant that's going around is uh, is just a, a simple cold. But um, I I kind of pay attention to the numbers that can come out of the CDC, if and when they load up. And I'm not even like, and I don't even like using the CDC, but the gross numbers uh, to create the the idea for um, how, what's going on is is been going up substantially every week in the past, uh, starting in August, um, and it's you know now it's up to so was late late August one two three four fives. So there were six weeks in a row where we had over 70,000 deaths, which was greater than at the height of the Alpha variant. Those aren't tied to the Alpha or even Delta. Those are tied to vaccines. And ever since then, it's still staying, every week is staying above 60,000. We're already above 60,000 deaths into the, this is going into obviously what's considered the flu season. But uh, last last year, about this time, or, or roughly in January of last year, there was a significant all-cause uh, death occurrence in terms of numbers, and they were probably, uh, I don't think they were all tied to the Alpha or even the Delta variant, whatever variant was circulating um, at all. So I think when, when this is all said and done, when somebody goes back and through this all, it's going to be a substantial number that are going to be shown to have... Um, departed based upon vaccination issues than anything else but of course you know the the medical profession has shown their incapability of doing this because the current crop of uh, doctors and people that are medical professionals are i don't know they may understand they may understand science but they certainly don't use critical thinking skills to understand that you know the safety that needs to be you know the idea of doing no harm means uh, actually following the rules that the patient, despite what you may think, may not have uh, a need for a uh, what would you call it a a procedure such as vaccination. And then this is one of the biggest things with this hustle is that a lot of the people that were involved in this had a uh, particular invested interest, particularly Peter Dozik, who was a creator of this virus he i will call him the progenitor because uh between him and fauci they were doing the funding of the gain and function uh research that led to ralph barrick and uh Gigi lee I, I guess that's how you pronounce her last name uh getting involved with uh making this uh particular uh variant and it, it however it, it got out of china uh, and however it, it has uh, circulated, uh, they will never never be held to account, at least not unless uh, people um, start putting the pressure on them the way they're supposed to. But the only way that's going to happen is somebody has to come forward and be a whistleblower and have enough, uh, what you call it, uh, you know, 
be able to see the truth, you know, so they'll, they'll distance themselves when they think they got an out, uh, and they're, you know, if they have a conscience, maybe that'll happen, but I'm not holding my breath on that. Um, looking, I guess, uh, at the other things, I haven't really, I haven't d- done a lot of news today. I know the, the big topic is Joe Rogan and the censorship there. And that's all well and good. I think his uh, situation will work out okay for him. Uh, he's not a, he's not amongst the um, his biggest. We call it. Uh, we call it uh, his biggest uh, issue is that he needs to take a stand and stop, you know, being a uh, half-hearted, uh, you know, taking a half-hearted position. Yeah, we've all said things that are terrible. Uh, I am definitely guilty of that. And, but, you know, the things he said were probably without, without any context to him, uh, it's easy to take a person's words and use whatever snippets of words to get what you want. And also, you know, understanding that he is in the, he was in the comedic or he is in the comedic business. And the only reason why anybody would want to attack him is just because they want to kill the, kill the messenger. Uh, and also because Spotify is uh, owned by various forces like Morgan Stanley and uh, Bailey Gifford and BlackRock and a few others that hold, have institutional holdings. And of course, BlackRock is one of the bigger ones out there, but they only own about 2% of them. That being said, uh, they can always put pressure on Spotify because Spotify was already censoring his uh, broadcast. But uh, for those with any sense, those get away from Spotify and Try to go another route. I can say that because I mean, I even got my episodes get loaded up on Spotify, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't get that much traffic from them. It's not that big of a deal. I don't really. My life isn't going to change based upon Spotify. That's for sure. Uh, so just looking through what's uh, on Zero Hedge, it's always a good a place to go to. Uh, there, uh, we have some really. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> We have so much news going on, and uh, the financial news is going to come. Uh, we also have the U.S. trying to gin up a war in Ukraine, and it's just this is all about the crazy making that the globalists want to uh, push because it's hard to make sense of it all. We don't know how much of it's real, which of course it isn't. They uh, uh, they they've, they've uh, tried to put this pressure cooker together so that they can get they want to gin up a. They either want they not only want to gin up a war, but they want to gin up chaos, and they want to get people at each other's throats, and then uh, then they they'll have all the reason to bring in the government to supposedly solve all these problems, and the government never solves any problems. They create all the problems. They are the problem makers. So, in order for this to ever change, uh, all the governments of the world that uh, these are, are people, the people, the huddled masses, the people that are. Currently, citizens of these countries are going to have to uh, bring in new institutional leaders. You're going to have to uh, throw off the shackles of the leaderships of these countries that are, you know, corrupt and devoid of actual any care for their populace. Um, Many will harken back to some other day or try to use the past to explain Oh, well, you know, it was always bad in the past, too. It's like, yeah, you can keep on making that argument, but uh, 
think people are smarter and wiser than they ever have been. Uh, at least the ones that have reached a certain age of majority. I feel sorry for the kids today because they're not being taught very well, but uh, that's a whole other. Uh, but uh, we have some people that are really, uh, and they're doing it on purpose too. They're, they're destroying our educational system in the United States. And this is being also helped and exploited by China, who wants, uh, obviously, is always, uh, you know, got them got their little hands in in the cookie jar to uh to uh actually blackmail their leaders i mean we had nancy pelosi last week saying oh don't speak out against china she's such a weak leader she's obviously a treasonous leader but she you know said oh don't go over there and say anything it's like boy is that the kind of uh I know for the women out there that are talking about how, you know, Nancy's so so empowered and so strong. The only time she can stand up to somebody was when she stood up to, supposedly stood up to Trump. Uh, just so she could, you know, you know, a lot of play acting there. When I say play acting, I mean, she just wanted to make herself look tough. But you see how little she uh, actually has any uh, morals or spine when it comes to dealing with a real authoritarian dictator, she would just go over there and get on her knees in front of Xi and kiss his little behind. Um, I'm just thoughts here, but anyway, um, yeah. Looking at the rest of the landscape, I wish I could say there was a, a you know the 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 most most positive news we have is Canada. The people that are there are uh, what you call it, um, staying peaceful. Staying the course, I think they can. Uh, if they can, the longer they can stick it out, the longer they're willing to put up with uh, what they're going to face, which is slow police progression. Because the people that are in the services of the law up there, uh, no longer they don't support their oath. Certainly not like the 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 former head of security in Canada who resigned his post to actually had the gumption to come out and say exactly what's on his mind, which is good. And that's an important aspect of uh, him being a better leader than the person he was uh, protecting. So uh, I'm going to cut this short for today. I, it's been a... I'll play some closing music here. Um, I think that's uh, a little patriotic music, too. Um, I think we've... Uh, found ourselves in a different place in terms of when I say different place um, we're uh, we're coming up on a time I think that uh, allegiances are going to have to be formed and uh, people are going to have to realize that the their leaders and the people were uh, coming up against are going to be are gonna um, they're gonna do things that are going to be astonishing and you're gonna see the worst malevolence out of them but people are going to have to uh, be willing to uh, endure that as much as they can and know that they're whatever they um, provide will not be uh, lost on the rest of us um, we'll value that we'll value sacrifices of all sorts I think so many people have a, have a great uh, 
desire to sacrifice for their country. They certainly learn the lessons of history, or they learn the lessons of their uh, their uh, their uh, his, uh, their own country's history in terms of what it was going through, and that's an important aspect of everything that we're we're facing now. Uh, culture is something that we need to hang on to. So uh, stay strong out there. Um, it's always a darkest before the dawn and um, we're still going to have to keep on uh, contending with this so God bless the United States of America, God bless Canada and uh, God save the world